Hello and welcome to the Bitcoin Talent Co. podcast. I am your host, Eric Podwatchki, and every Thursday I'll be releasing a new episode where I interview different key leaders in the Bitcoin industry. So if you're looking to learn more about the industry or what it's like working for a Bitcoin company, please subscribe and follow along. My guest today is Andy Schoonover, who is founder and CEO of CrowdHealth, a community-powered alternative to health insurance that provides a revolutionary way of paying for healthcare bills through crowdfunding. CrowdHealth integrates Bitcoin to its business for crowdfunding and is quickly becoming one of the go-to healthcare options for Bitcoin companies to provide healthcare to their employees. Before CrowdHealth, Andy was previously CEO of healthcare technology company VRI. He is a graduate of the University of Virginia and Stanford's University's Graduate School of Business. And I wanted to give a quick shout out to Marty Bent of TFTC. He was gracious enough to let us use his recording studio here in Austin, Texas. So check out TFTC. It's one of the best Bitcoin podcasts I listen to every single episode. So shout out, Marty. Thank you so much. Now let's dig into the show. Welcome, everyone, to the Bitcoin Talent Co. podcast. My name is Eric Podwatsky, and today's guest is Andy Schoonover from CrowdHealth. Thanks for joining me, Andy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so we're actually in the Bitcoin comments right now. Uh, Marty was graciously enough to let us use his studio. So recording from here, it's awesome vibes. Uh, South by Southwest week, Bitcoin takeover, and let's do this. So Andy, um, you are the CEO of CrowdHealth, right? Mm -hmm. Before we get into CrowdHealth, I'm curious about um, your traditional fiat jobs. What did you do in the past? Yeah, so um, I've been in healthcare for a little bit. Mm -hmm. So graduated from business school back in 2016. So, you know, what is that, 15, over 15 years ago. And um, started a company that does remote patient monitoring. So in essence, what we were doing was uh, monitoring folks from their home, um, typically folks with chronic conditions. So you okay. have congestive heart failure or diabetes or something like that. We're monitoring your blood sugar, your blood pressure, and your you know weight. And mm -hmm. if those get out of whack, then we will have a we have call center of a couple hundred uh, nurses who are watching that information come in. If something went wrong, we'd call you and say, "Hey, what's going on? Did you eat something? Did you forget to take your meds?" Mm -hmm. Trying to keep people out of the out of the hospital. So okay. sold that after seven years. Um, did some nonprofit work for a while, and then joined also in the healthcare space, and then joined Crowd Health. Um, or started Crowd Health back in 2021. Gotcha. So, did you study anything related to healthcare, like in college? What was your your major? Nothing. Just business. Yeah, finance. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that a lot of people from outside of industries are the ones that make some of the most dramatic impacts on that industry. Sure. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, I think that a lot of times you get so you know narrow focused in in your day to day job when you're, you know, have done been in that industry for 20 years or 15 years or whatever, yeah. uh, it, it almost takes somebody from outside who, you know, is looking in and saying, there's something wrong with this industry. We've got to do something about it. You yeah. Know, a lot of times there's so many incentives within an industry to keep it the status quo. Uh -huh. um, you know, right now, healthcare, for example, is a $4.3 trillion industry. This is probably the largest industry on the planet. Yeah. You know, and that's just in the US. Um, and so that feeds a lot of families, right? You know, there's this famous quote, and I'm, I'm going to totally botch it, but something like it's, it's hard to convince something that it's, it's hard to convince someone of something that doesn't allow them to put food on the table. 
Yeah. In essence, you know, if you are making your money from a certain industry, you have an incentive to keep the status quo. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I kind of came out from outside of healthcare and, and, and now trying to, to really change it. Okay, so you spent how many years you said? Like maybe seven or so, seven plus doing that. And then you worked for a nonprofit for a little yeah. bit. Can you dive into that? What exactly you were doing? Yeah, I was uh, building uh, women's healthcare clinics of all okay. things. You know, trying to create something where um, you know women had a, a place to to um, you know get all their their healthcare their healthcare needs. Yeah, you know, and and that actually came from an experience that I had where my uh, my wife and I got married. Um, she um, got pregnant. We found out our our daughter, who was twelve weeks at the time, twelve weeks mm. um, in utero had a fatal condition. Mm. Um, and so she ended up passing away right after um, she was born. But we came out of that um, trying to f- figure out, like, how do we help people walk through that situation when they have, you know, a fatal prenatal diagnosis? And yeah. so I, I helped my wife build a, um, a, a nonprofit to, to give information to, to women in clinics across the country to help them uh, make a decision, you know, uh, whether or not to, to keep their baby and then, you know, how to, how to kind of spiritually live that out. Um, yeah. so it's a you know, hard experience as you can imagine, you know, watching, we've in essence watched our firstborn take her last breath, which is not something that a lot of people get to experience, but it was yeah. a, a, um, life changing experience and, and one where we've held, helped hundreds of families who have walked through that experience, um, do so in a, in a fruitful way. So, um, I love that taking like traumatic experience and kind of turning it into good in a way. Yeah, exactly. So, so that I guess that uh, what, what year was this? You did that? Um, we did that from twenty. It's still going today. It's called Caring to Term. Okay. Caring to Term dot org. Yeah. Um, and we did that from sixteen. Let's see, we started I think in twenty sixteen. Um, twenty sixteen. Yeah, and, and it still lives on. You know, fruitfully today. That's awesome. I'm sure it's helping so many uh, women. Yeah. You know, deal with that. That's great. Um, so before so still we, kind of healthcare, not, yeah, not so, you know a, a little bit different, um, yeah. but still still healthcare. Um, and then you through that, like you know, I didn't have health insurance, and so oh, um, imagine how yeah, stressful that is. Yeah, well, and it, it's funny enough is it was actually more stressful when I actually got health insurance. And so uh-huh. I went on healthcare.gov because I thought it was my only option, and got a, a health plan that was you know, I think it's twelve hundred bucks a month or something like that. Wow, um, and so, you know, you kind of walked that. We had two girls subsequent to losing our first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our youngest one had a recurring ear infection. So we went into the ear, nose, and throat doctor who told us she needed to get tubes in her ears. So we went and got tubes in her ears, and it was $8,000. Yeah, and, um, makes no sense. And, you know, not only that, I was, like, blown away by how much it cost. But the health plan came back and said it was medically unnecessary, even though she had a, literally a perforated eardrum. She had a hole in her eardrum. Um, and so we had to stroke an $8,000 check to the local hospital. And that was the catalyst for me, you know, starting crowd health. Yeah. It's essentially like a black hole when you're dealing with these insurance companies. I've had to deal with them in the past too. And I think big pharma too plays a big role in all of this. Yeah, like for I, sure. was, I have Crohn's disease. I've been taking a medication for that. These shots, they cost, if you were to just buy them off, like without insurance, they're like 16, $17,000 a shot. So I'm wow. thinking in my mind. I need this to live in a way. How is someone without health insurance supposed to afford this? And like, I'm so happy now. There's someone innovating in this space. Yeah. And especially doing Bitcoin too. I think that's what the most impressive part. It's really cool yeah. how you're integrating it. 
But before we dive into crowd health sure. here, I want to learn about your Bitcoin story too. When did you get into it? When did you start learning about it? Yeah. Um, and I guess, how did you decide to integrate into the crowd health business? Yeah. You know, funny enough, back in, I think it was 2013, I was, um, I got, a, I got interested in Bitcoin. I heard about it from a, a from a friend mm -hmm. and, um, I told a buddy of mine, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put 10 grand into Bitcoin and let's just see what happens. In 2013? In 2013. Nice. It would have been. Uh, However, you know, it. I think I think it, it, I, the numbers are going to be maybe a little bit off, but it was something like it was at 200 bucks and it ran to 1,000 or something like that. Like it had a huge run up. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I missed it. <laughs> I missed it. So I, I'll wait, you know, and then, you know, fast forward eight years, um, I was doing started just started crowd health okay and um a, a a friend of mine in town you may know him jimmy song yeah um, heard of him you've heard of him um i was i was having lunch with him and kind of telling him about what we were doing and he's like man you know the problem i see with healthcare is that a lot of these are all these health insurance companies um they take your premiums and they hold them in this big pool of, yeah. of dollars totally you know and those dollars are depreciating you know month by month, right? Well, we see 6% or something of inflation came out yesterday and we all know it's higher than that. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's like, what you should do is you should allow people to decentralize that and then hold it in Bitcoin mm -hmm. as opposed to holding it in dollars. And yep. so that kind of got me started on this, this journey back into Bitcoin. And, and so I'm, you know, class of, of 21 and, and, and Bitcoin. And so, you know, saw a quick run up and then a quick run down. So fortunately, I'm pretty good at my my cost averaging and, and still buying today. So nice. Um, yeah, Jimmy was the one that that orange pilled me. I'm probably one of thousands that that Jimmy has yeah. orange pilled. Yeah. Um, but you know, yeah, it's it's been been a long journey for for me. Um, you know, and I, I come from. I went to Stanford for business school, and you know, it's kind of an interesting story. Is uh, through all this bank. Um, craziness over the last week. Right. Um, I'm on a list, a WhatsApp list with all my classmates. So there's 250 of them and everybody is, it's not everybody. A lot of people are, you know, bashing the banking system, but also saying, interestingly, oh, but Bitcoin is not the answer to this, <laughs> you know, and I'm the one sitting there. I was like, no, no, Bitcoin is the answer to this. So you're chiming in. I'm chiming in, yeah. you know, and, but you know, a lot look, these people's, you know, a lot of these people are finance people. They work at private equity. They work at venture capital. They work at these big banks. And all of those are based upon a fiat system, right? So back go. to what I mentioned earlier, it's yeah. like, uh, you know, it's hard to, to, to buy into something that's going to take food off the table. Um, so anyway, that's my Bitcoin story. Um, and, you know, I've orange built a few people so far. I'm still, still working on a bunch of my Stanford classmates, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And I love people like, especially now that Bitcoin's maturing, you have people going to Stanford like yourself and then spreading the word really. Yeah. So now that we have this word spreading out and hopefully year by year, it just kind of compounds on itself and more people wake up to the fact that there is a solution out here. Yeah. And it fixes so many different problems. Yeah. Um, so back, interesting, you know, okay. quick, another quick story that in, at, uh, at Stanford, they have this, this grading system where it's high, high pass, pass, low pass. Right? Okay. So those are the three grades. There's no ABC, no ABCDF. Okay. Well, I got a low pass in my macroeconomics <laughs> and I, as I look back at it, I was like, this stuff just doesn't make sense to me, but it was all Keynesian. Yeah. It was an all Keynesian yeah. economic model. And I'm just like, this just doesn't make sense to me. So I feel like 
even, you know, that was 2006, so over 15 years ago, um, you know, 17 years ago, it, the way that the, the world, our current financial systems looked at economics, yep. never made sense. Yep. Never I made sense to totally me. Totally agree. And we're starting to see it now, right? Like, here, we're at the Bitcoin Commons, and on Monday, it's Wednesday now, Monday, everybody came in, and I heard it twice, it's starting, Right. And Silicon Valley Bank had fallen signature. Mm -hmm. The Fed had to come in and, and basically bail out these banks. Like it is, it is starting. I think we're starting to see it. Yeah, it's it's all just a big advertisement for Bitcoin too, which it is. is. And for all the misery it's going to cause, there's there's light, there's hope at the end of the tunnel here because we have a solution. So I'm glad that's there at least. Um, and just to echo what you said too, when I was in college, I was studying engineering, so like I'm taking like pretty hard physics, math classes. When it came to my my macroeconomics, microeconomics, Keynesian based, like I did not grasp that stuff at all, and I was like, "What is up with this?" Then I started studying Austrian economics uh, a couple years after school, and it was just so much more intuitive to me. I was like, "Why are the, these uh, universities missing this?" Yeah, yeah. But well, there are many in universities teaching Austrian economics. I don't get it. Yeah. Luckily, um, we were talking about Safety Dean earlier. Uh, I think he's coming out with a, an Austrian macro. Micro micro book, um, yeah. Very soon, I think he's doing like pre-sale. So yeah, yeah. Gonna, gonna dive into that, learn some more. So uh, go back to your Bitcoin story real quick. Sure. I'm curious, was there a moment when it clicked for you that there's something here with Bitcoin? Because I feel like a lot of people get into Bitcoin, they they hear about it, maybe they'll buy a little like you did, they put it down for a little while, and then there's always some kind of event that happens, an, a moment when you're like, oh, this is different. This is actually this is a technology. Of revolutionary yeah. technology is do, do you recall them yeah i mean I, I think it, it was probably around the pandemic stuff yeah you know it's it's i'm ha i have this conversation with jimmy i see the government pouring you know trillions of dollars into the economy yeah and that's where i was like man like how can they just do this without there being any ramifications you know and everybody's like applauding saying they're you know saving lives and you know saving businesses and mm -hmm. and things like that and i'm like there's got to be some kind of side effect to this. Um, you know, and then you talk to, to, to Breedlove where, uh, you know, a lot of things he's, he's saying, he's like, look, you can't have war um, under, you know, a Bitcoin type of, of right. standard yeah, as well. You can't just print, you can't just print money <laughs> yeah. to pay for tanks and airplanes. Yep. And, you know, you have these F-35s, which are hundreds of millions of dollars a piece yep. when, when totally amortized. It's like... You know, it's, and, and, and so it was the kind of the war piece plus the pandemic piece that I think, and plus Jimmy, like it was the trifecta for me that was like, this, this, the dollar is not going to hold. Mm -hmm. The dollar is not going to hold. There's got to be an alternative. And the fact that Bitcoin is stuck at 21 million and will not change to me was the, the point where like, that makes sense to me. Me you know, too. That right. makes sense to me. And I still struggle with the idea of like absolute scarcity. It's blows my mind because there's nothing else like it. Like what else in the world has absolute scarcity like Bitcoin? Yeah. Well, and then and then you know I always it's interesting to me too. Like I really uh, I'm a bit of a contrarian, and so when you know I, I love asking questions, and I love Bitcoiners too because there's always asking questions, whether it be about the monetary system or the healthcare system or whatever, or or you know especially in this pandemic and and some of the things that came out of that. Yeah. Um. But you know the the the, the questioning of 
of some of these things for me was when I started questioning others around like why doesn't Bitcoin work? Like okay. why does why is this not a good alternative? I'm hearing things like, oh well, you know, they say it's anti inflationary, like it can't you know, there's no inflation here, you know, due yeah. to, to supply, but it's infinitely divisible. Yep. And I'm like, hold on a second. Like that doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. You know, like it is infinitely divisible, but mm-hmm. that doesn't create inflation. Right. You know, it's like if you have a, a pie and you, you know, have a quarter of the pie and the other has three more quarters, which equals a whole pie. And then those three quarters are cut up a million different ways. You still have a quarter of a pie. Yeah. Like that the, the infinitely divisible is, is one. It's clearly an argument that people just don't understand. Um, Math. Yeah. You know, you know, math is hard. Um, yes, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you, you ask some of these questions and nobody could give me good answers. And um, the only good answers I was getting were from Safe and Breedlove yep. and Marty and Natalie and the people that, you know, I, I listened to. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, this makes tons of sense. Yep. So, um, you know, it's, it's clear that the government is trying to do all that it can to, to squash um, into the Bitcoin movement. But I think that uh, we will overcome yeah, I think so too, and you really just can't stop it at this point. Yeah, it's grown too big. It's, well, I think they're going to try to de- debank. You know, like you could see that happening the, now. The, the debanking of yeah. Bitcoin. Silicon Valley Bank just went under. Yeah. Um, Signature Bank went under. You know, the two Bitcoin-friendly you know banks. I mean, it's clear that they're going to you know try to debank Bitcoin, and so the question mark becomes like, how do you build an economy around Bitcoin where you can pay in Bitcoin, whereas you have to, as opposed to converting Bitcoin to dollars, because that's mm-hmm. what the government is going to try to, to, to stop it. Right. And I yeah. think I think the answer is more and more Bitcoin adjacent companies coming out now, especially this dec- decade. So now it's going to make it even harder for the government to really shut it down. Yeah. So I guess that's a good transition now into crowd health. Because um, you, you are integrating Bitcoin in your business. That was kind of a part yeah. of the original business plan. Let's decentralize the healthcare system. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you paint a picture? What exactly does CrowdHealth do? How are they different? How are you guys different from traditional uh, insurance companies? Yeah, so, you know, in, in traditional insurance companies is, so let me, let me step back. You know, hundreds of years ago, when, when somebody had a healthcare problem, you know, think about small communities all over this country. Somebody had a healthcare problem, the community would gather around them to help. Right. Whether it's, you know, um, plant their fields or, you know, harvest the crops or take care of their cattle or, you know, whatever it ends up being. If somebody had to be sick, it's a community. And we all gathered around each other. You know, and I love Bitcoin because, you know, we talk about being sovereign individuals, but there is such an incredible community here. But it is a community of sovereign individuals. Right. Um, And so that's that's a cool part of Bitcoin. But, you know, in essence, in the 70s, what happened, uh, not only did the monetary system go haywire, but, you know, the government inserted themselves um, and health insurance companies between us and our neighbor. Mm -hmm. Right. So no longer do I have responsibility for, you know, the person next door to me. Um, The government does or health insurance company does, you know, depending upon the need. And so that's where I think what started this kind of anti-community component of our, our culture, which is now, you know, perverse today or pervasive, I guess, today. Um, and so what Crowd Health is trying to do is saying, hey, digitally, can we go back 200 years and, and really be a, a, a true community? So if you have a health event, you know, we're going to say, hey, Eric's got a health event. Like, would you all help him with his, his health event? 
you know, or Andy help, has a health event. Would you help Andy with his health event? Um, and you know, it's, and it's voluntary, just like it was a couple hundred, couple hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've built some things into the system that incentivizes you to actually help Andy with, or you know, my wife's staff with, with or whoever with their their health events. Mm-hmm. And so, the mechanics of this is um, every month, what happens is you take one hundred seventy five dollars per person okay. and put it into an account. Uh, we take a portion of that for a subscription fee. That's how we make our money. And then the rest remains in that account. If somebody in the community has a health event, we're going to email you and says, Andy has a health event. Would you consider giving Andy 50 bucks? And so, and if you say yes, then that 50 bucks goes from Andy's account to the person who needs help's account. Um, and you know, eventually that person is going to have enough money in that account once we crowdfund it to be able to pay for their their healthcare event. So it makes total sense. I get it. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's just a, it's a, it's super easy. People are freaked out. Like, Oh my gosh, it's voluntary and depending upon other people, but you know, we've depended upon other people for hundreds of years to do this. It was actually better that way. Yeah. The big benefit of this is when that person has that health event, they now have cash to pay for the health event. And as a result of that, we're getting, you know, 40, 50, 60% sometimes, uh, better pricing than health yeah. plans going negotiate. Um, because these doctors h- hate dealing with health insurance plans, billing, you know, about 30 to 40% of the healthcare costs are administrative. Um, oh, wow. and so we're ripping that administrative piece out. Yeah. Um, 30% of the doctor's time is spent with health insurance plans. We're giving them back that time so that they can take care of patients, which is what they went into medicine to do. Mm-hmm. And so we are um, just really kind of weeding out all the the the, 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 the crap of health healthcare um, to, to to make it way more efficient. Yeah, I think it's about time, and I love how you framed um, kind of the healthcare system and how you guys are coming in. So healthcare became very centralized. Mm-hmm. And so what you guys are doing, essentially cutting out the middleman that asserted itself into the system. Yeah. Same with banking and Bitcoin here. So the banking system, we have the government in the middle now controlling all our money and it's creating friction here. Um, but what Bitcoin does, it allows for peer-to-peer transactions. Same thing, same idea really with CrowdHealth. It's just peer-to-peer um, paying for your health bills. Let's get let's get rid of the middleman, basically. Yeah, exactly. Like, decentralize this thing. Exactly. And then the other thing, too, is you know the money that's left at the end of the month um, in that account, Yeah, you can sweep that into uh, Swan right. and uh, then you know it gets converted to Bitcoin. That so, was my next question for you, exactly. Yeah. So this business could so be- don't hold money in dollars. Yeah. Hold money in Bitcoin. Now, we have normies that want to hold their money in dollars, right. which is fine. You right. can do whatever you want. I'm all about choice. But that's depreciating asset. But that's a depreciating asset. Yeah. So all of our Bitcoin folks actually sweep that into to Swan and invest that in, in Bitcoin. I love and, that. and by the way, when you leave, all that Bitcoin is yours. It's mm-hmm. not crowd health. You know, with a health insurance plan, you pay your premiums every month. It's not yours anymore. It's the health plans. Right. <laughs> um, and they're making money off that, by the way, with interest right. and things like that. Yeah. Here, you get the Bitcoin, you get all the excess, you make the money on that. So if Bitcoin goes from whatever it is today, 25,000, 24,818, to what we all think it's going to do, 250, 500, a million, like all that upside, all that appreciation is yours. So you're stacking sats while also helping other people with their healthcare needs. It's pretty cool. It's pretty a, cool I think it's such a great idea. And I'm personally a member too, just as a disclosure, but I pay for it out of pocket. And I absolutely love it so far because I, I think you are um, innovating here in this space. 
Uh, yeah, so you, you touched upon how you're integrating Bitcoin in your business. And I think it's interesting. I think we're going to see this decade, too, more businesses doing the same thing. Because mm-hmm. this business can exist without Bitcoin. You're, you can take cash and put it in an account. But like we, we touched upon, that's a depreciating asset. Over time, you know that money in that account is going to go down. Whereas Bitcoin now, it's, it's sitting in the, uh, the stack of Bitcoin in a pile, but that's going to be going up in price. Yeah, right? exactly. So, so many Bitcoin makes it better. Here. Yeah. And so. I think they're, what you, you're right. What we're going to see is, is industries like healthcare and food and a, a whole bunch of others who it works on its own, mm-hmm. but it works better with Bitcoin. Exactly. Yes. Right. That's, that's the point it, I'm trying to get It's better to. with yeah. Bitcoin. Right. Um, and so we're trying to actually get our normies who are on that kind of the normal side to be like, hey, this is what Bitcoin's about. Here's why you should consider going over, over here. Yep. And so that's our little, um, you know, add to the Bitcoin community is, yeah. is seeing if we can orange pill some of our, 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 our normie side of the business to, to get over to the Bitcoin side. Yeah. And I love this concept too. I'm not sure if this is an existing product or it's going to be coming out, but the idea of being able to select the community you want to be part of, yes. the healthcare community. So I can say, I want to be part of the Bitcoin healthcare community because I know Bitcoiners have low time pre- preference thinking. They generally take care of themselves and their bodies. Mm-hmm. So they're more... I guess less likely to have, you know, very high cost when it comes to this health insurance pool. Yep. Um, is that something that's existing right now or is that something yeah. you're trying to roll out? Yeah. So anybody who signs up with a Bitcoin, Bitcoin promo code. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, right, right now we have, you know, Safe and Natalie and, and Robert and Marty. And so yep. if you listen to any of their, their podcasts, they all have promo codes. Um, and you get, um, you get automatically put into the Bitcoin community, right. which means that you're now sharing your, your healthcare expenses with other Bitcoiners. Yeah. And you are correct. Like Bitcoiners act differently generally than, than others. There is a problem in healthcare where there's an entitlement, like you should pay for my healthcare, right? You know, the, the Bitcoiners are kind of like, Hey, I'm taking personal responsibility over my own healthcare. I have a community here who's going to help me, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that I can go and spend willy nilly and go to the Mayo Clinic for a flu, right? Right. Yeah. Or I can even go to the ER for a flu. Like, let's think about what other ways are there to do this better. You know, seventy percent of ER visits are unnecessary. You can you can satisfy them at urgent care. Mm-hmm. A flu at urgent care is probably one hundred fifty bucks. Right. If you go to an emergency room. The moment you step in the door, it's, like it's 2500 bucks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And if you sit there and get any, and they're going to want to do a scan and they're going to want to do all these kinds of other things. And so it's hard to leave the emergency room without having a five or $6,000 bill, you yeah. know, as opposed to a $150 bill. Right. And so as a result of that, the cost structure is much, much lower. And it's men typically in their 20s, 30s, and early 40s. So our average age is like 34, 35, somewhere like that. Um, and so they tend to be just healthier folks who are taking care of themselves. And we get a lot of active injuries, you know, torn ACLs. And, right. Because yeah. they're taking care of the body. Yeah. They're getting outside. And that's just stuff. That just happens. Yeah. One of the bigger bills is uh, some guy face planted on a mountain bike. But it's like, as other, you know, people on Bitcoin are like, yeah, man, you should be out in the world exploring, exploring, doing mountain biking and stuff happens. Like, yeah. And that's what the community is, is here for. Yeah. I love that. Um, and another thing we were talking before we hit record here is Bitcoin Talent Coast um, considering using CrowdHealth for our employees. Do you have any existing Bitcoin companies now you're helping with? Yeah. I'm just basically providing that health insurance. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, key kind of um, 
semantics maybe here is, um, you know, we are not health insurance. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's, that's key for us to be able to continue to operate. We, we can't promise you that your bills are going to get paid. We do a pretty darn good job of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I, yesterday we crowdfunded is like bill 2200 or something like that, you know, and, and so far every bill that we submitted to the community has gotten funded, but we can't promise it. Um, and so when we walk into other Bitcoin companies who want to offer their employees something, you know, what we say is like, look, don't go down the t- typical insurance path. Yep. You know, if, if you want to give your um, community access to an alternative form of, of, of paying for their health care, then give them two, three, four hundred bucks a month and let them make a choice on where they go and spend those dollars that you normally would have spent for their healthcare. Mm-hmm. And if they want to put it in their pocket and don't get any healthcare, that's their prerogative. If they want to ch- check out crowd health, we'd love the ability to go and tell them about what we have. Right. Um, if they want to go buy, you know, insurance off of, you know, healthcare.gov, go for it. Yep. You know? And so we just say, give your employees like a choice of how they want to, to uh, to use their own money. So in essence, what they're, you're doing is you're just paying them an extra few hundred bucks a month and they can go and do whatever they want with it. Yeah. So um, we make lots of presentations to companies who decide to do something like that. Yeah, I'm excited to try it out for our business too. I, I think a lot more Bitcoin companies are gonna be uh, using your service here in the future. Yeah, we've got, we've got a number of them. We probably have 10 or 15 so who it's awesome who you know basically refer us to their yeah. to their employer employees yeah um to uh to, to try out crack out so nice okay i want to now dive in i guess more a little bit more about the company like how big is crowd help now and can you share like how many users you have yeah we have over three thousand now um kind of approaching 3500 users um we got about just short of 20 employees okay um we are concentrated in Austin, mm-hmm. um, but we have people in Houston and let's see, Georgia, Florida, Indiana, Virginia, and I'm sure others that I'm not thinking about, yeah. um, but all over the place. So we are a pretty much a fully remote company. There's a couple of us that, that work out of the Bitcoin commons here mm-hmm. in, in Austin, but pretty much remote. Okay. And so as a CEO now, um, do you typically tend to hire Bitcoiners or you're hiring just across the board? How do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, all else equal, we'd, we'd hire the Bitcoiner. I mean, I yeah. think that the, the Bitcoiner is one who understands what we're trying to do, has a bit of a contrarian nature to them, mm-hmm. has a questioning nature to them. Like, let's let's question the status quo and really try to understand logically, you know, what the right answer is. And so I love working with those those types of those types of people. So yeah, um, yeah. All else equal, we'll hire a Bitcoiner. We, you know, we're hiring for a finance job right now. You know, there's two kind of finalists. One's a Bitcoiner, one's not. It's more than likely going to go to the Bitcoiner. Yep. So um, that's that's what I prefer. Yeah, and I'm, we're seeing this emerge now in this decade too. The the idea of hiring Bitcoiners because they're really just an asset for your business. It's like. Mm-hmm. To someone working in Bitcoin, it's more than just a job. It's we're actually we have a reason why we're working now. Yeah, I mean, I always say that. Um, so a couple things in, in terms of my hiring practices. One is I want missionaries, not mercenaries, mm-hmm. right? I mean, if you're if you're in a job because you just want to make money, your your motivation is the wrong motivation. Yep. Um, if you're in a job because you're on mission to to really change the world. Yep. Like those are the types of people that I, I love working with. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think the Bitcoiners tend to be missionaries. So uh, true. And so that, uh, 
we, we yeah we yeah we like those those types of people. You know, the other thing too that I look for is I have kind of three filters for which I you know put people through, um, and that is you know are you humble, are you hungry, and are you smart? You know, so are you humble, which I think it very much kind of applies to Bitcoiners. Um, they, 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 if they're presented with information that is different than their kind of um, presupposed hypothesis, they mm -hmm. will actually consider that information and make decisions based upon data and information yep. as opposed to pride. Yep. Um, and so I love, you know, folks who are, who are humble and they can say, Hey, I was wrong, you know, and, and, and that, that as well. Um, and then hungry, like, do you have the drive? Are you on a mission? Mm -hmm. And then smart is not just intellectual horsepower. It is, you know, EQ as well, oh, EQ yeah. and IQ, yeah. you know, so how, how can you engage with other people in, in conversation, especially in a startup where, you know, there are some, you know, fiery questions that we have to answer, strategic questions that we have to answer. And do you, can you engage in those conversations where people feel differently in a respectable um, way? Right. Um, so humble, hungry, smart. Those are the three things that I'm, I look for. It's kind of based on a book by Patrick Lencioni and others. Um, but it's, it's very much the filters that I put people through in my, my questioning when, during interviews. Yeah. And I feel like today's age to really understand Bitcoin, you have to have that kind of personality trait, like open-mindedness, somewhat intelligent to really look outside the system and, and see the data for what it is, yeah. what Bitcoin is. So that's why I think Bitcoiners uh, this decade, especially, are really going to take over the workforce, especially in Bitcoin companies. Too. Yeah. Education, man, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. Like, I have no idea what the education level is for most of the people who who, <laughs> who have joined me. You know, like, I, I don't know where they went to school. I mean, I don't know what. Oh, it's interesting. It, you know, and it's like they have shown, um, you know, a, a an ability to succeed within, you know, other companies. And so yeah. that's what I'm looking for. And so for me, it's experience over um, education, you know, almost every time. Do you even consider education nowadays? Like if I put on my resume and I went to Penn state and got a degree in this, is this like, even? I don't think so. I mean, no. I mean, I think there's probably some that, you know, it's, it's an interesting question because I'm, I'm I'll, I will process this as we talk, but yeah. you know, you can get really great schools on a resume and you can tell that that person is, is smart. Mm -hmm. But I also think that there is, a um, kind of a it, the, almost the smarter you are, the less you're willing to question and the less you're willing to fail. Yeah. You know, I feel like people and I've seen this in some of the people that I've interacted with is the the better school you get to, let's just say you go to Harvard, you've never gotten a B in your life, which means you have never failed intellectually in your entire life. You know, and for a startup, you've got to be comfortable with failure. You know, and, and if you get an A on everything, it means everything has to be perfect. In a startup, nothing is perfect. So true. And so, you know, you have these people that have a really hard time with experimenting and failing and being wrong and, and those types of things, which is like, you gotta have that in a startup. Yeah. You know, so I prefer a B student from a public university. I'm raising my hand. I was a B student from a public, you know, under, you know undergrad, I went to uh -huh. Virginia, undergrad. Um, then, you know, an A student from an Ivy League. And and so, yeah, I mean, sometimes, like, I, I, I will look at the, the more education you have, you know, it's it's kind of 
the, the, the less I'm interested. I mean, weird, weird enough. Yeah. Show me success within a company Mm -hmm. that you really excelled. And that's me like my CTO right now. And the only reason I know this is because I looked on LinkedIn the other day, I didn't see a school does not have a college degree. He's my CTO, you know, but he's had multiple really successful, um, ventures within startups. And I'm like, that's what I want. Right. I don't care if you went to MIT, like, can you operate within a startup and, and create value? Um, and, and so, yeah. So, yeah, I love that. Less emphasis on the uh, formal education, more of like, what are you doing in your free time uh, to make yourself, I guess, smarter and expand your mind? Yeah. Um, and then as well, the, the critical thinking aspect too, like what's, what have you done in your past experience that stood out and really helped provide value to a company. Yeah. That's what you're looking for. So I think, I think also like the question I like to ask is when have you failed? Yeah. Tell me about a failure. Yeah. You know, um, and if people can't come up with a failure. It means you haven't tried. Yep. You know, you haven't, you haven't tried to fail. And I, I, we try to fail every day, you know, some of it stinks and you know, it has a customer experience and we're not perfect, but again, Bitcoiners are like, all right, yeah, it's good, good shot, good try, mm-hmm. you know? And so, um, I want to know when, when you failed, when you've tried something and failed, that's what a really is, important question. What is something like every interview, like what is your go-to question to really filter out someone? Is it that, is it, give me an example of when you failed? Yeah. So it's, that's one of the questions I ask. The other question I ask is, um, you know, give me the hardest experience that you've had to deal with in your life. Okay. You know, so give me something hard. Yeah. You know, and, how you got through it. and then how you got through it. Yeah. You know, because startup world is hard. I mean, it's, it's just a hard day to day. I mean, it's fun, but it's also hard. Yeah. You know, you're not sitting at Procter and Gamble or something and working on how to sell, you know, 1% more Cheetos. I don't know if Cheetos <laughs> even Procter and Gamble, but you know, like whatever, you know, yeah. bars or whatever. Um, like this is, this is a hard gig and it changes constantly. And so I, I want to know when you've gone through through something hard that also gives me the, the, the opportunity to tell what I told the story. I just told you a few minutes ago, I was like, look, I, you know, my wife and I just got married and we lost our first daughter. Like mm-hmm. that's hard. Mm-hmm. And that's, and it's okay to, to go and, and have very dark moments during that time. But can you rise out of that, yep. you know, and that to me, to me is like perseverance is yep. a key to, to being a really good, you know, uh, you know, player within a, within a team at a startup. Yeah. And I think this is really good advice because if you look at the Bitcoin landscape right now, a lot of these companies are acting as startups, you know, a handful of employees up to maybe 20, 30, 40 employees there. I'm going to assume a lot of these CEOs or hiring managers are looking for those kind of traits too. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I think so. And especially now, right? Like Bitcoin is under fire. Mm-hmm. You know, I think as the regulatory stuff heats up, which we have seen, the banks are starting to fall. It's going to heat up. Like, can you persevere through uncertain times? I mm-hmm. think people want to see that. I think CEOs want to see your ability to do that. Nobody wants, you know, the super emotional, like, oh my God, like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? It's like, no, 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 let's, let's problem solve here. Yeah. You know, let's problem solve through a really hard, hard time. Right. Um, What's the one piece of advice you have for someone? Let's say someone's listening to this right now, a Bitcoiner, and they're checking out CrowdHealth, saying, maybe I want to come work for CrowdHealth in six months to a year from now. Yeah. What should they start doing right now that could set them up, set them up uh, for success in an interview with you? Yeah. You know, I, I think one of the um, misunderstandings with startups is everybody feels like they have to be a generalist. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I can do lots of stuff. Like, I get people all the time emailing me. 
hey, I'm, you know, in whatever retail, but, you know, I can do just about everything. Mm -hmm. I can, you know, I got a little bit of this and a little bit of that, a little bit of this. And for me, it's like, I need specialists. You know, I right. need I need somebody who is the best at what they do, specific a specific function, right? Like if you are a Bitcoin core developer, like be a kick-ass Bitcoin core developer. Yeah. You know, like if you are a developer at all, be a kick-ass Python or whatever you know developer, or whatever. I'm not a tech guy, so that may be <laughs> totally out of. Um, we actually, you know, I funny, I, we built our back end on rails, um, which everybody's like, you built your back end on rails and everybody's like, that's a great system, but nobody builds that anymore, but we do. So, um, and so be very good at what you do specifically, you know, or I'm a finance guy and I love Bitcoin and this is why I love Bitcoin. I want to change the world as a finance mm -hmm. guy or gal. Mm -hmm. Um, don't come in as a generalist because I don't have room for generalists. Right. Like every person within a team at a startup has to be really good at their function. And so give me a function in which you're really, really good at. So, you know, if you right now are listening to this and say, I'm, you know, I don't have like a specific like focus, um, find one that you're fired up about, go get a job in that function and be really, really good at it. And, um, that's what I would, I would suggest to, to folks. Yeah. And so get a job, let, let, learn that skill, get good at it. So you, when you get an interview with Andy, you can talk about how you actually yeah. provide value to the company. And if you're a really good salesperson, be a kick-ass salesperson. Right. Like, that's great. Yeah. Most CEOs come from the sales side of the business. Mm -hmm. So if you want to start your own business at some point, yeah. stay on the revenue side of the business. Yeah. Learn sales. And that is, the, I'm generalizing a little bit, but a lot of times, and I think there was a study that came out recently that said this, is like they are coming from the retail side or the, the sales revenue generating portion of the business. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think that's an interesting you know, observation. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, as we wrap this up here, can you tease out, I guess, over this next year, two years, all the way up to five, 10 years out, where, can you tease out any upcoming product services that you're looking forward mm -hmm. to? Um, yeah. How do you see crowd health evolving now? Yeah. We've got some big stuff coming. Right. Um, yeah, we're, which we're really excited about. Um, we are going to even kind of step one further step further away from banks, you yep. know, in, in essence, trying to, at least on our Bitcoin side, totally debank our Bitcoin side of the, of the equation. You know, right now you have to, you know, ACH money in and then it gets transferred to, Swan and then Swan, you know, just there's so I can just send my Bitcoin to that account. Yes. Instead of paying. So yeah. in essence, if you have, you know, a hundred people and one person has a health event, what I'd like to do is be able to via lightning, send Bitcoin directly to that person. That yep. person then can decide what they want to do with that Bitcoin, convert it to, to dollars and then pay their bill. Or if they have dollars over here, they can keep that Bitcoin there. They can pay their bill, but they still have the dollars in, in Bitcoin. Um, and so I want to debank our, you know, I'm basically, I want health crowd health to be healthcare debanked. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's what I see probably in the next, you know, hopefully by the beginning of next year, we'll have that, you know, ready to roll. Um, but that's what we're really, really fired up about. Because like even having money sitting in your account mm -hmm. is an inefficient use of capital. Yeah. And so how do we make that capital more efficient? I think you need to, you know, have it directly accessible and you can use that in whatever way that you want to use that. And if that's to put it into Bitcoin, then put that into Bitcoin. But I don't know this, there's too many steps in the process right now, but you know, one thing, especially Bitcoiners listening, um, 
we're all startups. We're all, we all have to take incremental steps mm-hmm. to get to where we want to go. We mm-hmm. can't go from here to here and make it perfect. Yeah. And so we're, you will see even in the, over the next few weeks, us taking incremental steps to make, you know, healthcare debanked. Yeah. And I, coming from, I guess, a sovereign individual perspective here, now Bitcoiners are going to have the ability to lump in healthcare into being a sovereign person too. Yeah. We don't have to touch the, the fiat monetary system at all and still get healthcare. That's, that's amazing, I guess, innovation in a way too. It's just more tools are coming out for Bitcoiners to be sovereign. Yeah. And we're starting to actually, we're going to start crowdfunding doctors as well. Okay. So meaning like if you have a doctor that you think is great, then you can add him to our, or her, to our database. And you can tell us if you'll take Bitcoin, if you will only take dollars, is he, you know, a fiat doctor who just loves big pharma, you know? And so in essence, what we'll have is a, a centralized review set of reviews of doctors from our Bitcoin community, um, which I think is going to be hugely valuable. You know, unfortunately, most doctors are still in a fiat system right now and think by looking at the American Heart Association or the American College of Cardiologists or American Diabetes Association or wherever for their source of truth, where we want them to seek their source of truth and actual data from studies that isn't filtered by these big organizations that are funded by big pharma to, you know, to push, you know, pharma on us. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're taking a, a big kind of leap into the integrative, naturopathic, holistic, um, you know, medicine as well. And so, you know, we want to give people the ability to say, Hey, if you have a really good, one of those doctors, who's not fiat, like tell everybody else so that they can go to them too. Right. Um, that, that fiat mindset. And I struggle with this too, where doctors just want to like kind of push a pill on you because they're also incentivized by big pharma to do so. They paid out sometimes yeah. just to do that, to prescribe this certain medicine, going to these nat more natural type doctors. Um, and that understand Bitcoin too, as a user, I'm like, I want to use this doctor. They understand Bitcoin. They're probably more lines along the lines to less push a pill on me, actually get down to the root of like, what's wrong with me. Yeah. And I went, I I kind of have been documenting this on Twitter, but I have had some like chest pains lately. And so I went to a cardiologist and he basically said, he's like, look, you know, I'm on a, you know, pretty keto borderline carnivore diet. He's like, you got to get off that diet. Um, you know, that's, um, bad, bad for you. It's, you're going to have a heart attack. Your cholesterol is too high. You know, it's, it's all these, you know, things it's, it's inflammatory, which cracks me up. Um, and so like, that is a fiat doctor. Like that is a doctor who believes in the, whatever the American heart association tells them. Whereas, um, Dr. Ovedia, for example, who's on our board and, you know, go and see him on Twitter Mm -hmm. or Peter Atia or some of these other doctors who um, actually look at the studies and be like, hey, not all of what the American Heart Association has been telling you is actually true. And so I want an awesome database of those doctors who are actually looking at the data, making decisions for themselves and are not stuck in that fiat system. So you'll see that here in the next, you know, probably a couple months. I would love that. If I have an option just to like filter by fiat doctors or Bitcoiner doctors, some, something super simple like that. So I know at least they're coming from a place that's, that's going to actually help me. They want to help me. That would be a great, um, I did help you as opposed to help pharma or the local hospital system or whatever. Yeah. I mean, yeah. mind blowing. I know. Right. Yeah. It's, it's making me think that why is this not 
already existing? Like, why is crowd health innovating now in 2023? I'm glad someone's doing it. Yeah. Well, we'd we'd love anybody who, um, you know, is looking for kind of an alternative way to pay for health care to come join us at joincrowdhealth.com. Yeah. and you know you join you and the bitcoin bitcoin crowd and yeah. you know to help us find really great you know bitcoin docs that we can send folks to so that'd be cool i mean we, we need a a some scale yeah you know and so all you bitcoiners out there who are like oh well, i have insurance and that's just easier it's like that's the same thing that the fiat folks say about the dollars it's like oh i already have dollars and this bitcoin thing it's so hard you know it's like no, if you want to change the way this is happening, you have to make some hard, hard do, right. choices, yep. right? And yep. so I actually think, and I, again, tweeted this earlier this morning, um, Marty, um, uh, we've, we have a couple hundred, I think, people who have signed up with Marty on TFTC, uh-huh. um, and only one has has left. Yeah, that's right. that's a high signal, right? There. That's, a high, that's, a, that's yeah. a high signal, right? Like, once you join, um, you're not going to want to leave because it's so much better than, than having health insurance. Choose whatever doctor you want. There's no doctor's network, no fiat doctor networks that you have to go to. And if for some reason you don't go to a network, guess what? You know, the health insurance plan screws you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just a terrible system. Yeah. I've been loving my experience so far as a user last couple of months. So if you're listening to this, head over to crowd health's website and where can listeners find you on the web? Yeah. um, You know, find us on Twitter, join crowd health, um, Schoonover Andy is my personal Twitter. We get a little spicy over there trying to really kind of be contrarians around the healthcare yeah. space. And so if you're interested in that, come follow us. And then Instagram and TikTok and LinkedIn and all those kind of places too. Same same thing, join Crowd Health. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I'm yeah, really bullish on Crowd Health and businesses integrating Bitcoin into that. So thank you so much for your time, like I said. And I'm uh, excited to be in Austin for Bitcoin yeah, every week. And yeah, I'll catch you guys next time. And this is also a reminder that Bitcoin Talent Co. is the first recruiting firm dedicated solely to the Bitcoin industry. Our mission is to equip Bitcoin companies with the top talent in the world. So if you're looking to get a job in the industry, or if you're a Bitcoin company looking for recruiting services, please head over to our website at www.bitcointalent.co.